Good morning and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is September 13th and I'm here with my main man, Skylar Hoke, Skyhook on Twitter. Sky, I gotta be honest, I am hyped to be here and doing this show. It's day one, episode one. How are you feeling? Doing well, man. This is awesome. This is a really cool opportunity that we've been uh, offered here with Mayo Media Network and be able to kind of branch out what uh, potentially the normal following of Pat is with the Daily Fantasy Sports with myself. Um, been blessed to really come across your, yourself and, and learn a lot in this NFT space rather quickly this past summer. So excited to share that knowledge and really get uh, diving deep for all levels of experience here uh, of NFT newcomers and those that have been around um, since the the start of the summer. Absolutely. And you know what? It's episode one. I'm here in my living room. We're going to have some kinks to work out, but you know, I'm excited. I'd rather just get started and work through these live. We've just got too much content to share and the NFT space is just moving so fast. We just want to get out there and start sharing with folks. So with that, uh, a little bit of background episode one here. <clears throat> First, I want to start with Joe Vision. So we want to provide a fairly concise, quick hitting overview of what we deem as the most meaningful news in the NFT market. Uh, our idea is to facilitate the show similar to a pardon the interruption or around the horn type show for those who are familiar with uh, a series of running segments that will hit in every episode, making sure we cover top news, you know, the, the, the primary events that we're tracking and that we feel like folks should be aware of. And then we'll try to layer in some special topics and periodic segments and random episodes, try to get some guest hosts to join if we're lucky. Um, from a time allotment perspective, we're going to shoot for 30 to 45 minutes. Again, trying to make them quick hitters. Right now, we're gonna start out two times per week. Our thought is Mondays and Fridays might be slightly subject to change. And then kind of pending market reaction, we may increase the frequency uh, in the future. Um, that's the high level vision. You know, our reason for doing this show, the NFT space just moves so fast. And as I think about the, the standard traditional stock market, the crypto markets move 10 times faster than the stock market. NFTs move 10 times faster than crypto. Um, it's lightning speed, but there's also a whole lot of noise, especially right now. You know, we're seeing 10 to 20 new projects dropping every day. It's a whole lot to sort through, especially for newcomers. Um, and Sky, myself, and a few others, we've been working on a system over the past few months to monitor what we deem is the most important you know, corners of the NFT market. And it's been working really well for us as we trade, invest, and, and collect. And we decided to start sharing that uh, system with the public. Um, you know, our, our mission, we wanna help onboard new folks into the NFT space. We wanna help give better direction to folks who are already here, but maybe not sure where to start. And then for those who are a little bit more entrenched, just to offer up a new perspective a new way of looking at the market and nothing else to have fun, right? I think NFTs are fun. It's a huge aspect of this new market. Uh, it's meme culture. I'm having a blast. 
and I, I want to share that experience with other folks. So with that, let's talk a little bit about the show structure and what our running segments are going to be. So in each, seg in each episode, we're going to hit about eight core segments. So we're going to start with top news, you know, the, the headline events from the past few days uh, that we want to cover. We're going to talk about daily drops and new projects to watch. So as I mentioned, you know, 10 to 20 new drops per day right now in this market. We'll highlight, you know, one to three that we feel like are, are the most worth watching and that we're definitely watching the closest. A segment called Whale Tail, um, where we've identified 10 to 15 of some of the biggest players with the biggest bankrolls in the market, uh, where we'll track their action, what they're buying, what they're selling, um, and how it's relevant uh, to you. A segment we call Stealth Mode. Um, so while a lot of uh, new projects are announced with times, there's some that are announced and dropped in, in secret. And we've identified a, a handful of people who find those projects and are very successful with them and they act very fast. Um, so we, we are tracking them and we want to share some of that info as well. A segment called One of Wonderland. Uh, this is really focused in the artists who create one of one pieces or additions, mostly on sites like Super Rare or Foundation. Um, so we'll dedicate some time to, to that segment. Blue chip uh, PFPs. So your CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, and some of the newcomers, what the market action is in that arena. We'll certainly cover art blocks. I'm a big art blocks uh, proponent. Uh, it's a big part of my collection. And we, we actually have a live drop during the show today that we're going to try to highlight a bit. Um, and then we're going to end each show with a segment called Tools and Tips, where we highlight one technology tool or data analysis tool that we use uh, that folks may or may not be aware of. Um, so those are our, our core ideas for segments right now. You know, we're going to experiment with it over time. A few periodic segments like Artist Corner, is an idea where we have you know an artist join and talk about a new collection or drop. Rookie corner, where you know a, a new entrant joins the show and, and it kind of talks about their experience, some wins and losses, um, and we'll look to layer in some, some new guests, probably starting in the DFS space, but but looking to branch out as well. A few disclaimers here early on: um, we're not going to cover everything in the NFT market. There, there's just no way that we could. There, it's just too broad. There's, there's too much action. Um, so of course, we're going to have somewhat of a narrow viewpoint. Um, it's not meant to diss those other projects. This is just, you know, the info and, and what we're tracking. Um, and of course, none of this is financial advice. Do your own research before you buy it. Um, so that's our overview. Before we jump into our segments for today, I do want both Sky and myself to do a little bit of background on ourselves and, and tell our stories. So I'll go ahead and go first and then turn it over to Sky. Um, but a little bit about me. I got my start in the NFT space back in January. Uh, I actually heavily onboarded into crypto back in December, uh, purchased some Bitcoin and some Ethereum, um, and then quickly found NFTs there in January. My first major buy was Euler Beats. I uh, actually went in with a few buddies, Empire Maker 2 and, and Dirty Rush, for those who are familiar with the DFS space. Uh, I got super into Euler Beats. I, I wrote a blog post about it. You know, Mark Cuban was giving interviews about it. You know, it's the next big thing. 
uh, it seemed fantastic. Long story short, we took a bath on this product. About, it was about a 75% loss when we exited. Um, but the, the experience itself was invaluable. Uh, this project, Oil the Beats, is really what onboarded me into the NFT space. Uh, I learned how discords work and how important discord is to NFT projects. Uh, I got introduced to a lot of new players on Twitter. Uh, for those who aren't aware, <clears throat> I say Twitter is primary backbone of the NFT space along with Discord. Um, found some, some new key NFT subject matter experts in DZ5, DC Investor, Beanie Maxi. Um, so the introduction to those folks was just super helpful for me. Um, took a loss, but I kept my head down, stayed in the space. Then, you know, through Twitter, I, I found Artblocks. And Artblocks just instantly clicked with me. I just, I love the combination of art and code. Um, for me personally, I've got big background in math. I studied electrical engineering in college. Um, so, you know, the, the mixture of these two worlds was just super intriguing to me. It clicked right away. I'll never forget my first art blocks minting story. It was a sunny Saturday in April. I was sitting out on my roof and decided to mint a, a paper armada. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, this product is, they look like battleships or, or spacecrafts. It's, the artist is Kajelet Golid. Um, I minted my first one for 0.1 ETH, which at the time was probably about $150 or so. Didn't know how to list it. I listed it for 0.35 ETH. It sold in 20 minutes. So. Being a degenerate, I immediately went and bought three more, minted three more right away. A few of those sold uh, still that afternoon, and I was hooked. Uh, I, I was making some money. So I, I dove into Art Blocks. I did some research. I found out that the curated set uh, was, was really the, the best collections in Art Blocks at the time and decided I was going to start minting. Uh, so the, the next product was Synapses by Chaos Construct. I ended up minting about 10 of those and I was fortunate to get a few of the really rare dark synapses. Um, from there on, I was hooked. I minted every Artblocks project after that going forward for months. Um, but I will share that at this time, while I had some early success, the market was not like it is right now. Uh, none, none of my pieces listed were really selling. Um, I didn't have a huge bankroll at the time. So if I really wanted to buy anything new, I often had to sell my NFTs. And, you know, those are really hard decisions. Uh, <clears throat> I ended up selling a rare subspace. You know, for those who know the subspace, that, that product is at like a 28th floor right now um, to buy a Punk's comic. Punk's comic also had done really well. Um, but those are the type of trade-off decisions I had to make at that time. And when nothing was selling, I actually veered away from nfts for a little while i experimented in DeFi summer you know <clears throat> i know DeFi summer was last year folks were raving about it there was talks of it coming back this year uh, i put some eth into convex finance and curve i was yield farming you know i was getting 100 140 percent apys seemed great but over time the underlying assets just kept dropping in value i wasn't really making any money um, decided to, to pull 10 ETH out and I bought two board apes and a Fidenza uh, at that time. And this was right before Father's Day weekend. 
it was incredibly lucky timing for me. Um, in the Board Apes world, it was right before they made their doggo or the Board Ape kennel announcement where every owner got airdropped to uh, Board Ape uh, dogs, essentially. <clears throat> so I got those two. It was an airdrop worth at least like $10,000 at the time. They were going for 1.5 to 2 ETH. So it was a big windfall. The market for Board Ape started going wild that weekend. I ended up trading and flipping up. Um, and long story short, was able to form a nice bankroll. Um, Punk's Comics had went nuclear at that time, and they are 25X as well. And <clears throat> took all those proceeds, put them into art blocks, uh, primarily curated on the floor. And then I acquired a, a collection of about 100 art blocks pieces um, there in June and July. And then for those who have been following the art blocks market at all, <clears throat> it <clears throat> absolutely exploded in August. You know, primary project floors went up anywhere from five to 10 to 15 X. And really anyone who was early to that space built a lot of equity or was able to make some nice sales. And personally for me, it was enough where I was fortunate enough to leave my corporate career as a consultant and start to do NFTs and trading, investing, content creation full-time. And actually last Friday was my last day. Today's my first day in the NFT space. Uh, I feel very fortunate. I want to help others uh, learn about NFTs and potentially unlock this opportunity for them. So that's my story. Sky, tell us about you. Why are you here? Yeah. Well, um, you know, again, every opportunity I think leads us, you know, to these type of moments and congratulations on your first day into the full-time space here. Um, from my end, you know, my background is, is very much driven in daily fantasy sports. Um, you know, I see a lot of, a lot of the familiar guys I talk to on Twitter almost every single day um, out here um, in our YouTube already chatting with us. Really cool to see and appreciate you guys supporting us here from the jump. Um, one of the early NFT projects, you know, that that stood out from our, you know, kind of onboarding from the DFS into NFTs was NBA Top Shot. You know, NBA Top Shot was something that just spoke to all of us sports enthusiasts and really was an easy bridge from, you know, USD kind of using a currency that was easy to get on, easy to get off once that became available, um, but was something that we all fell in love with rather quickly. You know, that market was quite wild for, you know, parts of February into early March before ultimately, you know, things kind of um, bottomed out. Um, left a lot of people salty from their little bit of experience in the NFT world and, and understanding kind of what a non-fungible token was and the digital ownership of things. I think that is still a lot of education that will happen along the way. Um, but it did click to me and made sense from so much that I spend, you know, the latter half of the last decade, you know, building a Twitter profile, building, you know, friends for for life that I, you know, potentially have never met ever and maybe not ever will, which, um, you know, I still view these friendships and relationships as, you know, core of what we're doing here. Um, so being kind of building trust through a lot of, you know, these relationships kind of got introduced into, um, uh, actually Z.run would have been the one, if anyone's seen the digital horses out there, um, you know, that was something that 
kind of made a lot of sense. You know, if you like to bet the ponies in real life and, you know, you kind of own one and race a couple here and kind of build your own stable. And it was really, you know, pretty easy onboarding and understanding, but you know, the biggest um, kind of Passover through things will be kind of educating those from a MetaMask standpoint, how to acquire Ethereum and then get onto OpenSea, which, you know, took some time and, and some, some weeks to understand. And along the way, got into handful of different projects, some that I might still own now, some that I probably have forgotten their name because things move so quickly to your point. But I view myself and a lot of the individuals um, kind of who have gotten into this space early on as more entrepreneurs or investors or those looking for an edge of any opportunity. I related a lot back to golf betting, which is something, you know, I'm doing weekly. I'm in love with the European golf tour, which um, is something where I feel the edge is a little bit more significant because the research matters. And that's what made me fall in love with NFTs is because the time I can dedicate and look into the space and help educate more to others and learn from the surrounding people brings, you know, so far some good financial opportunities and being early in these type of, you know, spaces is just, you know, holds so much magnitude. So I know there's a lot to learn from a lot of different people. Um, and we're hopefully going to be able to provide that, but you know, I've been around, I guess, you know, I'd say six months in NFTs, it feels like six years, but there is still so much to come. And I'm excited to keep rolling through each episode here. Um, but that's a little bit of my background and kind of what I've translate from the DFS world into where we are now. Fantastic background sky. And I definitely dabbled in a few of those projects, top shot for sure. <laughs> Maybe one of the salty folks that, that you alluded to, I missed out on Zed. Uh, but for the audience's awareness, Sky and I have been in uh, a group chat in, in Discord for the last uh, few months, and it really started. Uh, Andy Dirty Rush actually pulled a lot of us together. Um, it's a group of DFS guys getting together just to talk about NFTs. Um, but over time, it, it it nicely evolved, and we started ideating together on you know what we should be tracking. Uh, we're fortunate we've, we've got some folks who have the skill set to, to add bots. So we started building out this network of sales trackers uh, and we've added to it over time. Um, so we have a, a pretty nice monitoring system in place and that's providing to us a lot of the content that we evaluate every day when we make our decisions in the market and it's providing the same content that we're gonna share here in the show. Um, you know, I think what's also been really cool about our, our group is I'd say we're operating like an informal DAO at this point. You know, everyone has kind of came in and filled certain roles. You know, some folks are big on researching new projects. Uh, we've got the folks who build bots. We have folks who focus on art blocks, others who focus on, you know, PFPs. Um, it's been a really cool experience to, to be a part of that. And I feel like these informal DAOs are starting to really sprout up all over the place. Um, and you know, for us, we're lucky. It's operating like a well-oiled machine. It's, we've got the info at our fingertips. I'm excited to share it. With that being said, let's jump in. Let's do our first segment here, and let's start with top news. I think we can go ahead and fire up the screen share. Top story from this past weekend. To me, it's got to be all about Moonrock Capital, uh, Solana, and the growing controversy of, of copycat projects uh, on the Solana chain. Uh, so for some quick background for folks, uh, there's been some growing disdain with NFTs on Ethereum over the, the last few weeks, ever since the, 
the London Fork, the upgrade and the increasing open sea volume, uh, we've seen a, a spike in gas fees where uh, on a given day, it might cost 0.03 ETH to 0.07 to 0.1 to do basic transactions. And it's brutal. You know, it's, it's brutal for me. I know it has to be absolutely brutal for newcomers who, who don't have a whole lot of ETH to play with to, to be sacrificing, you know, that much in gas. And one outcome is it sparked a lot of interest in these other chains. Um, so Lana and, and Polygon being the, the two biggest players, I'd say, so far, um, with that are launching their own NFTs. Well, in walks Moonrock Capital, ready to make some uh, headlines this weekend. So they made two really big buys. Uh, the first being a DGen ape. They acquired this zombie. It's, it's very rare uh, for about $1.1 million. Um, and then they shortly followed that up by buying a Punks on Solana uh, for about a quarter million. Um, so this was a, a big headline event, caused a, a lot of discussion. Um, you know, a, a few thoughts. So DGen Apes, you know, some people say, you know, it, it's somewhat of a board ape yacht club derivative, but at least it's its own art, right? It's, it's a different style, even if it's still in the ape or family. Punks on Solana is a little bit different. You know, it feels like just like a direct ripoff of CryptoPunks, but on the Solana blockchain. Um, you know, a lot of the feedback early on has been, been pretty negative and a lot of questioning is like, you know, what is Moonrock thinking here? Um, actually, a, a few of us were, did a thought exercise this weekend, um, you know, putting ourselves in their shoes. You know, what what is the scenario here where, you know, these investments really pan out? Like what, what is the thesis that, that Moonrock must have? And after kind of racking our brains, it, it has to just, our thought is it's a bet on Solana yep. and Solana overtaking Ethereum as potentially as the primary chain. Absolutely. And these being, you know, two of the earliest or premier projects on Solana, you know, neither of these is, is the first uh, project, but they're, they're big names, you know, perhaps if something happens with the Ethereum network, you know, if there's a major hack of CryptoPunks, perhaps Punks on Solana, you know, could, could retake that. I'm skeptical at this point, but, you know, there's some, some real skin in the game here for Moonrock Capital. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how this pans out. It's definitely going to be interesting to watch. You got a lot of eyes on Solana over the weekend. Yeah, it's, um, to your point, I think in, as we transition almost a little bit into daily drops as well, gas wars and, and understanding from an onboarding side of things um, for newcomers, any sort of additional fee when you're trying to purchase something at a low Ethereum level, when you're translating almost to USD, creates um, some instant pushback if you see it costing more than what you anticipated. So Solana, yeah, to your point, I think if Moonrock's going to be betting that it overtakes it, which is a huge risk um, from especially that capital investment. Um, I, I am intrigued on the future of what their NFTs are going to be, but right now it's a lot of uh, copy paste, it seems like. Yeah. Well, it's good. So, well, why don't you take us through our next segment? Yeah, so, for sure. So one thing that we're going to be highlighting, and, and like you talked um, from the top, um, Tyler is kind of looking into either a, a daily drop that we're really excited about or something in the next, I'd say, you know, 48 to 72 hours that we're keeping our eyes on. Um, and again, 
drops would would mean for those that you know haven't experienced um, anything in the NFT space, it would be new projects being launched. The drop would be the original way to purchase one of these projects. So for instance, I just dropped um, a, or I just in the, the YouTube chat, put the link to omnimorphs.com. This is probably my favorite project upcoming this week. Um, you can also find this already on OpenSea if you were to search omnimorphs. Um, it has about 1.7 um, different uh, collections or different results right now. It's sitting at a floor of 0.35 Ethereum, which is right about $1,000 um, if you equate that to it. So Omnivorce is a backed PFP or a profile picture project by Daniel Taylor, who was one of the larger super rare artists. If you were to search him, super rare is another, you'll talk about it later on. Um, uh, platform in which you can buy a lot of one-of-one -one art on. And Daniel Taylor has some exceptional pieces over there. So Omnimorphs is a um, three-day pre-sale. So right now, if you were early access into one of this project's Discord, you got um, the ability to mint a couple Omnimorphs. And the public sale is coming on the 16th, so this Thursday. Um, why this project kind of stands out to me is Daniel Taylor alone. You know, being a lot of, I'd say, um, projects for those that are looking for something comfortable or an entry that makes sense are projects that have a backing of a well-known artist or a well-known um, kind of Twitter profile or somebody who we know is backing the project. So for those that maybe have anonymous or you're not familiar with those that are, are kind of jumping in or starting their own project, it's often a little bit more skeptical. So if you're finding something that Omnimorphs, for example, has this Daniel Taylor backing, it makes a lot of sense to, to follow into these projects um, that you can have a little stability in. So it's one I'm absolutely going to be following this week. I thankfully was in that discord early on due to being aware of who Daniel Taylor was with some mutual um, colleagues of ours. But yeah, you'll find that public sale on Thursday, September 16th. And we also tweet our um, kind of daily drop list from lives underscore NFT, our Twitter. So you can look at the projects that are coming out every single day. So this would be one um, that definitely is top of mind for me over the next three days and happy to chat with anyone who's intrigued on kind of the onboarding process if you're looking for your first mint. I'm intrigued. I definitely uh, picked up a few on secondary this morning. I, I think this project's got some real legs behind it. You know, whenever you see a real artist like Daniel Taylor tied in, or, or a really established artist, so to speak, it's exciting. You know, it, it's different from the kind of the standard, you know, let's change a few traits, let's pick an animal of the day and, and do a drop that we've seen over the last <clears throat> few weeks. So definitely refreshing and definitely gonna have a lot of eyes on, on this upcoming Thursday. Absolutely. We'll that's your here. primary. I think, yep, yep. I think that's the best one. I think we can go into whale tail next. I think that's a good one that we kind of focus in on, on this week is omnimorphs. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and, and jump in here. And I, I've got a screen share for us. Um, so first, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about what whale tail is. So uh, as we've been working together in this group in our Discord here for the last few weeks to months, we've been trying to identify you know the folks that we think are the the biggest players the market makers or who have some of the best taste that, that aligns to ours. And, and we want to see what they're doing. And, you know, we could go out to their open sea pages. There's a lot of noise there. So we, we decided to kind of build our own uh, tracking channel and we see what they buy, what they sell, you know, what they bid on. 
what they meant, you know, all this. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire list of who we're tracking, but, you know, to give you a few examples, definitely DZ5 is on here. Vincent Van Doe, um, Barat, Anonymous, Gary V are some of the big names that we're tracking. Um, I'm just going to highlight a few here um, this, this morning for episode one. So let's talk a little bit about what Vincent Van Doe was up to this weekend. So for those that may not be familiar, uh, Vince Van Doe made a huge splash in the art blocks world, um, starting, you know, four to six weeks ago, um, just loading up, buying hundreds or thousands of ETH worth of just the, the, the top of the top grail blue chip art blocks projects is built. just one of the, the best collections, if not, you know, the best collection in the NFT space. He since uh, started Starry Capital, which is one of the, the first NFT uh, investing funds that, that has launched. Um, so he's definitely at the top of our whale tail list. He's been a little bit quiet in the art blocks world. It feels like, you know, he's got his bags packed primarily at this point, and he's just playing the, the new and upcoming projects, but he, he's definitely still active. Um, over the past weekend, we saw him really focusing on some, some smaller or lesser known artists, you know, who are doing more one-of-ones. So let's start going through some of this a little bit. Um, you can see him here on the right. So uh, last night he did get a cool cat. Um, we'll cover cool cats a little bit later, but cool cats are definitely back and top of mind and making a serious run. Um, <clears throat> DeSalter is an artist that he acquired several pieces from um, really across the whole weekend. It definitely caught my attention. I think he started Friday afternoon. Um, the Salter, I'd say his style it definitely aligns with glitch, glitch art. Mm -hmm. um, so the glitch is, um, I think, a foundational crypto art style. It's, you know, flashy images, typically dark colors, a lot of skulls, you know, skeletons, um, it, just very images that flash and are, are very disruptive. Um, so we, we saw a lot of the glitch theme in, in BBD, Vincent Mando for short, and his buys over the weekend. Um, as well as other ventures in, in one of ones. So he bought this Sebe um, for 10 ETH on Super Rare yesterday. Um, he also bought several Pixel Pops from the Sebe collection yesterday as well. Um, some other activity that we saw him, he was in these Pipelangelos. Uh, those were new to me. Uh, I wasn't familiar with that project before I saw him really go in and he went in pretty hard, which is definitely VVD style. Um, Jack NFT, J-A-K, um, several buys uh, from that collection uh, there on Saturday, and then experiments in glitch. Yeah, as I mentioned, kind of rounding out um, some of those glitch buys. Um, what's very interesting, we're not the only ones tracking BBD's buys. So when he moves, uh, we, we definitely see the market move fast follows. I know I, I fast follow BBD sometimes, especially if, if the art resonates with me. Um, so for DeSalter, for instance, I think he had pieces as cheap as 0 0.01, 0 0.02 on Friday. Uh, the cheapest one is now closer to 0.1 or 0.2. That's just the effect he has. Um, <clears throat> the other one I, I want to take a look at is DZ. DZ was relatively active this weekend. Um, I'd say his big play also, Cool Cats. That's definitely a big theme for us. 
Um, he bid and purchased a few. Um, continuing with his photography NFT collection, for those who don't know DZ lately, he's been very focused in photo NFTs. Yes. He's going to the, the forefront uh, in that niche for sure. Uh, he minted some snakes. And then the last piece I'll cover uh, from DZ's activity over the weekend uh, was he did make a move on Robotos, um, buying a few of uh, the Robotos there on Saturday. Um, so those are really some of the highlights. Uh, we saw Anonymous pick up a nice eight, uh, Alpha Centauri kid, one of one, um, and a few other one of ones for his collection. We saw Gary V. Uh, he, he goes big on several things on chain monkeys but was one of his latest big uh, big apes so to speak uh, but that's the primary action whale tail and i i'd relate again i'm i'm um seeing a lot of my my golf guys come over or hanging with us whale tail in a sense to us um would be potentially looking into some of the most respected, you know, golf industry betters. If I think of, you know, Ben Coley has had one of the best summers I have seen from a, a betting aspect and, you know, we respect and, and know his research is worth, you know, the time and, and blindly could be tailing those picks for a profitable summer. And, and that is kind of what we have gone into to identify these caliber of NFT traders um, that we're willing to, to trust almost blindly because of the respect and pedigree they have built so far. Um, what I'd like to go into a little bit here is stealth mode. Um, so if I've mentioned, you know, previous, the daily drops, we have a set time on Thursday that Omnimorphs is going to be launching and everyone is going to be rushing to try to get one of those 8,000 remaining pieces on Thursday afternoon. However, there are drops that do come and launches of projects with fairly little notice. Cool Cats almost was one of these back in the day where it kind of went off kind of under undervalued and a little under the radar. Um, and it wasn't an instant sellout due to maybe um, not as being as popular at the time. But over the past week, there was a project from Crypto 888 Crypto called the 888 Inner Circle which was absolutely massive, um, a project where he has built, uh, his goal was to get to 88,888 Twitter followers. You know, 888 is the magic number um, and kind of wanted to launch something upon being on that. He is an, a, um, I, I don't know the best way if I would say an artist entrepreneur type where he is launching platforms to support um, up and coming artists and some that are extremely established. So he has built this reputation in which to know when his NFT was going to launch, it seemed like it was a home run. So knowing and anticipation of hitting the 88,888 followers, it created a little bit of hype, but also it wasn't a set, okay, at eight o'clock, this is going to be dropping at. If you weren't paying attention, that drop was available for roughly 120 seconds, three minutes max, where you could, once he hit that number, he tweeted out a link and said, okay, here is my 8,888 available NFTs to be a part of my collection. Good luck. And it created something where actually the gas was very minimal and gas we've talked about for those that aren't familiar, it, it's a transaction fee. So if something was to cost 0.1 Ethereum or just say 350 US dollars, um, you know, there's going to also be a purchase fee that is going to be associated with that. Depending on the popularity of the moment, it could cause that fee to be the same amount, if not more of what that NFT cost. So by a stealth drop, 
there's the opportunity that you can lower that transaction fee to very minimal versus the cost of the NFT. And that's exactly what Crypto888 Crypto did in launch of his NFT. Now he has gone on a tweeting spree, letting everyone know that this is holding, you know, the Willy Wonka golden ticket, you know, to the future of what is going to be one of the best artist platforms. There's an airdrop already promised next week, which would mean, you know, like Tyler mentioned earlier, you're going to get an additional piece for free just by holding 888's NFT. So we've seen the rise of it launching at 0.08 Ethereum. So about $300 to it breaching two ETH over the weekend, which, you know, two ETH right now is a little bit above $7,000. So for anybody who has held strong, the diamond hands for five days of this project has reaped the benefits already. And we're going to see further um, kind of go into that. So stealth drops are for those that are paying attention and we can do our best on our Twitter account. Hey, this just went live. Here's one that maybe we are kind of going into, or as people in the NFT space say, aping into, um, you know, this could be one that has an opportunity before the fees are already built up and you can kind of get in at a lower cost, which has the higher upside of, you know, kind of selling at a, a larger price. So that would be the biggest one to me that is a perfect example of stealth mode over the last few weeks. And we've identified to your point, some of the grinders in this space, some of those that um, are always finding these stealth drops and making some really fun profits um, off of being able to get these early. You know, it's really important. And people ask me, you know, where some of the, the opportunities are in the NFT market right now as you know, some feel like it's oversaturated and it's, there's so much competition on these well-known drops now. But I think the way the market's going to shift is we're gonna see a lot more of these secret drops. It, it avoids the gas war, to your point, uh, you know, and it rewards the folks who are super dialed in. And it's tough, and we, we recognize that it's tough, right? <clears throat> when you have full-time jobs, when you're dealing with family and kids, it's, it's very difficult to be able to track these things in real time. And that's why we've, we've built this, this channel and, and these trackers and, you know, we'll do our best to try to share that information here via our Twitter feed. Yep. As well. Absolutely. And it's almost just the edge of being available, but also having maybe things on notification where you can see something pop along, or if you're working from home, like yourself, you might have all the time in the world now, Tyler. Hey, don't tell my wife. <laughs> um, well, good. That was our first stealth mode. Uh, we'll definitely revisit that. I want to take us through one of Wonderland, our next segment, which is all about uh, the world of one of ones and artists who focus primarily on creating single pieces uh, of digital art um, or additions. So those that have you know several copies of a single piece, either 10, 10 copies or 100, they're, they're known as additions. Um, and we're focused primarily on super rare right now. Um, foundation, known origin, or two of the other primary marketplaces. There, there's a few others um, out in the market. I really feel like one of ones are currently undervalued in the NFT market. Actually, some of the best values um, when you compare them to the valuations we see in art blocks and generative art, uh, as well as some of these PFP projects. Uh, I certainly think there's a lot of opportunity. But a part of the reason that the opportunity exists is one of ones are, are much harder to analyze, to try to determine what the true value of something is. Um, there's much less to compare it to. There's much less to stack it up against. There, there isn't rarity. You know, it's not a set of 
of, of a thousand where you can find the rarest one and okay, that's the grail piece. That's not really where one of one, does, that, that system won't work in one of ones, right? And there's a lot more aesthetics and knowing that the importance of the artist. And one of the byproducts is that this market is much more illiquid. Um, so when you buy a one of one piece, there's not a, a, an army of folks lined up to, to buy it from you. And you have to be prepared to hold it absolutely for middle term, you know, several months to, to long term in years. Um, but we pay attention to it because there are absolutely some some really high asymmetric opportunities in this space. And we'll cover a few of the headlines from this weekend. I think Xcopy definitely stole the headlines in one of Wonderland, uh, <clears throat> dropping our, our segment title again. Um, <clears throat> so he sold this piece. One squeeze is enough for a sink full of dishes for 162.8 ETH, over half a million dollars. Um, Aunt Duty is the is the buyer on this one. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Xcopy. I'd say he's one of the foremost, if not the single foremost, artist who is known in the in the crypto art in the glitch space. You know, he's been around and producing art for a while. Some of his pieces date back from 2018. His his works are commanding and fetching some of the highest value in the market right now. And there are several folks who believe that the rarest and best X copy pieces, one of ones <clears throat> could be the first pieces that fetch nine figure valuations in the future. So, you know, that's whenever I, when I hear perspectives like that, I know Kevin Rose is one who, who's big on, on X copy along with others. Um, my ears perk up and I certainly pay attention. Um, so certainly I, I think this was, you could classify this as a steal uh, picking this up for 162. While that's a lot, you know, the the four on X copy one of ones has been anywhere from 200 to 400 this summer. Um, so, you know, relatively speaking, this is there's some value here. Um, X copy also made headlines through some buying activity. I'm actually going to scroll up our, our feed here, go back to to early Saturday afternoon. Let me try to find this here. X copy actually made a purchase um, here we're we're almost getting there um, all right uh a purchase from jonas caspergens uh it's called the unprecedented four or five and you know relatively um lower cost piece at 0.437 eth um, but this is important because similar to how folks you know fast follow our whales like like vincent van doe there were a lot of fast follows of Xcopy. So we, we saw eight to nine additional sales from Jonas Caspergens uh, over the, the course of the weekend. Here was the very first one. You know, it happened, I think, 30, 10 to 30 minutes later. Um, we saw several sales from his flowers collection, um, colors. Um, full disclaimer, as soon as I saw Xcopy make the move, <laughs> I jumped in myself. Um, you know, not purely just because Xcopy did. I, I, I looked at Jonas's pieces and I really liked this one. I actually thought it, it would be a nice addition to my collection. I'm not looking to flip. This is definitely a longer term hold. Um, even had a, a brief dialogue with Jonas on, on Twitter. He sounds, seems like a, a, a really nice person, uh, very humble and feel 
feel great about the success he's had this weekend. Um, so I won't scroll through all of them, uh, but he saw another, you know, eight to nine. There's a few more sales on super rare uh, over the course of the weekend. The last piece I'll highlight was a, a bidding war that took place yesterday afternoon. Let me get to it here. Almost there. Um, the artist is. Did I pass it? I think we just went past it. Yeah. It by Zook. Uh, yeah, maybe I missed it. Uh, but it's it's a portrait of a nude woman. Um, it was a beautiful piece. We saw Vincent Van Doe get into the bidding war. It ended up going up to about 20th ETH for the final sales price. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not finding it. Um, but it was a big splash by this new artist. Um, very interested to see you know, what else they've got to, to come out with here uh, in the near future. So I just love the segment name, to be honest. One of the latest perfect. I'll take the credit for that. Um, but definitely more to, more to come in this space. Um, but let's switch gears. We're at the 45-minute mark. Let's talk about some blue chip PFPs. Um, I'll go ahead and, and toggle our screen share over uh, to CryptoPunks. So right now, the, the primary PFP or profile picture projects uh, that we consider the highest blue chip are CryptoPunks at Board Ape Yacht Club. And I think there's a few other contenders, um, you know, right below them. Um, certainly for me, I, I feel like CryptoPunks are the ultimate low risk NFT bet. You know, I, I view a bet on them as similar to a bet on the S&P 500, almost like an index. Uh, they are a foundational uh, NFT project if you're betting on this space at all. I think you can't go wrong betting on CryptoPunks. Um, <clears throat> if I had to make one single buy, you're only allowed to do one purchase. It would either be an entire CryptoPunk or shares of some uh, on sites like Fractional. So that, that would be my advice for anyone who's just looking to make you know, one single play. Um, I absolutely believe that we will see a four one day of over a million dollars USD. We're already at a quarter million. I uh, thought it would take years to get there. <laughs> There's a, We've already seen the floors get as high as half a million or close this year. So there's a chance we'll still see it in, in Q4, um, but absolutely have to pay attention to this market. Um, but we saw some real, a, a real headline this weekend with the fourth largest sale uh, in CryptoPunks history happening on Saturday with the 3D zombie punk. I'm gonna go to this page. There's, there's a bit to unpack here to this story. First, just a beautiful zombie punk, and, and what a pickup for this buyer. But I want to focus on the seller really quickly. Um, so we're going to scroll down. For those who aren't familiar, this is the Larva Labs website. I can see the transaction history. This crypto punk was bought on May 2nd, 2018 for 2.5 Ethereum, which was $1,700 at the time. Amazing. And they held it for nearly three and a half years, <laughs> sold it for 2,000 ETH for 6.63 million. So if you, if you want to talk about diamond hands, yeah. this, is, this is diamond hands in the NFT mm -hmm. space. I know how hard it is for me to hold something for three days or three weeks, let alone over three years. But it's, it's this type of conviction that leads to the you know, 
the thousand X, the 10,000 X type of returns. Yep. Um, but there's also an interesting story behind the buyer. So there's an NFT Twitter detective. It goes by Jiren.eth. Um, he's really good at uh, tracking down new wallets or activity in the NFT markets, trying to, to really understand and, and go deep on you know, who this is, how this action is, is really playing out. And of course, on this buy, he went and, and researched this, uh, this person and, and this, this new wallet. And it was a new wallet funded from Coinbase transfers. And, and he opines here on, on his view of, you know, <clears throat> you know, essentially a newcomer funding their, their wallet, making their first buy here. Um, but it's really this pattern and he dives down, he dives into it in the comments. So this person transfers 0.5 ETH into their MetaMask. Then they transfer one ETH, then a few 100 ETH transactions, 150, and then the rest. And he says, this tells me as someone who's slightly hesitant, um, probably a, a newcomer to NFT investing. And I think that's 100% spot on. I know when I first funded my MetaMask wallet, this is exactly how I did it. Yep. I think I started with like 0.05. Um, you know, for newcomers, it's scary sending this, any type of amount of money on the blockchain for the first time, you know, it is a daunting task. Um, but I mean, what, what a cool part of the story that this is clearly... Uh, uh, someone who's new to NFT investing and really moving money around the blockchain, they come out mm -hmm. swinging with a $6.6 million crypto park buy. So not a bad welcome to the world. <laughs> what a welcome, but really cool story. Um, I'll just quickly talk about, you know, the rest of the, of what we saw in the, in the punk market. Um, and you know, after this, you can see that the sales on, on their website, um, we saw about 25 buys across the rest of the weekend. Um, mostly at floor, we saw a nice uh, top hat, top hat summer plug there for 168 over half a million, um, a few albinos, um, and again the rest of the pieces were, were mostly at floor. But with that, why don't we cover Board Apes and Sky? I'll let you cover that. Yeah, so right over to Board Ape Yacht Club, which um, I would say is almost the the new coming blue chip of 2021. If you were to put anything on the CryptoPunks level, you see a lot of the individuals kind of into the Board Ape Yacht Club were those that were in the top shot that were kind of, this was the first big mint, um, almost uh, PFP profile picture type of game where this just took off, man. And we've seen it now down it's down i guess relative to a 33 eth floor which is just over a hundred thousand dollars in us dollars there um roadmap 1.0 for the board of yacht club is coming to a close this week um roadmaps would be the direction or um kind of instructions of the way that uh, projects are going to follow. So roadmap 1.0 was the, the unleashing of, like Tyler mentioned, the Board Ape Kennel Club. We had the Mutant Ape Yacht Club um, come out just last month. Um, so we've seen more and more value given to Board Ape Yacht Club owners. Um, as we close up roadmap 1.0 with the treasure hunt this week, it 
anticipates that we're going to have the arrival of 2.0 rather quickly, which, you know, kind of leads up to this anticipation. We knew the mutant apes were coming and the floor had reached above 60 Ethereum just last month at one point, just before that Saturday night when the mutants went live. So the hype can build quickly, even at the punks level, we saw that floor go up, you know, almost 50%, if not double when, um, you know, Visa had bought their punk not that long ago. It just a trigger like that can see the floors of even blue chips kind of go wild. So that's where we stand in the board ape world right now. Um, it's really fun to, to keep track of that because it's one of the best communities, communities, I would say, if not the best right now in the NFT space. And, and we're seeing the, the celebrity and athlete buy-in, right? So Steph Curry bought his board ape right before that, that last big run. And some folks would say that might have been the trigger. Um, and then what Jason Derulo in the crypto yep. punk space here. Chain smokers have one now too. Yeah. So, you know, the old saying is, you know, there's only 10,000 of these and yep. you know, there's so many millionaires, so many celebrities and athletes. So uh, they're, they're, they're going to be tougher and tougher to acquire. hundred um, <clears> percent. <throat> there's going to be some other blue chip PFPs. We'll talk about those in shows to come. We definitely feel like cool cats are knocking on the door right now. We saw that BBD and DZ5 buy action. We've seen the floors go back up over five. I checked, uh, I believe this morning. Yep. Um, they announced uh, both a, a companion drop as well as some tokenomics. Um, <clears throat> so those are really intriguing and I think driving a lot of the buy action and we'll look to, we'll look to cover those in our next show. With a little bit of time left here, I do wanna get into art blocks. Uh, we've, we've had a live auction our live drop going here during the shows. Check it might be minted out. I actually think. Oh, they closed. Did we catch? Uh, Let's see. Catch the final mint price. Let me look. I'm gonna pull it up. I just saw it going kind of wild there at one point. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So it is all sold out right now. Let's see, see where the secondary, secondary action is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, they're moving on secondary here pretty quickly. So I'm seeing some buys, really multiple buys per minute. Looks like we're in the low threes, upper twos. Yeah, floor 2.89, that probably will go in a second here. So maybe about a mid threes floor. Nice, so probably mints it out somewhere around there. Uh, we'll, we'll catch up and we'll, we'll post it to our feed here. Yeah, 2.5, I think it minted out at. Nice, that's a, that's a good resting spot. I know infinite field um it definitely had a lot of hype i saw a lot of artists actually uh providing some acclaim to mark carazzoli the artist um uh, definitely looks to be a beautiful collection let's take a look at the gallery uh just for a minute here certainly you know the theme is you know flowers in the field so to speak um you can see how each piece is different for newcomers this was a collection of 1,024. So when anyone went through and actually clicked the mint button, it generated the art for the first time. So those mentors bought something sight unseen uh, and actually ran the code and generated the piece uh, at that time, which is what's so cool about generative art and how different it is. Um, you know, it was, I was really curious to see how this auction was going to go today because we've seen um, some it's been a roller coaster in the minting market for art blocks over the last few weeks. So 
two to three weeks ago, we had peak mania where uh, geometry runners minted out the highest price of five in a gas war. It ended up costing about seven ETH to, to mint a geometry runner. Um, and then beatboxes by Arsenic dropped uh, that, that very next day, and it minted out pretty high, around 4.2. Um, since then, the market has cooled down quite a bit. Um, we saw some factory drops last week. They actually went down to the final resting price. Um, so you can see every art blocks drop now is done in the Dutch auction, where you start with a high price and then uh, over frequencies, the price drops per piece. So for today's drop, it's third to 10, and every five minutes it drops. So it dropped to eight, then six to five, so on and so forth. Uh, it, and it seems like it, it closed at around 2.5 today. Um, some of the factory drops last week reached the final price of 0.25, which was you know, a much more attractive entry point, I'd say, for you know a newcomer who wants to get into art blocks or someone with you know a smaller bankroll. I know I was priced out of Geometry Runners when it was the 70th mint, and I, oh, yeah. I was super hyped for that project. I wanted to mint it, but that was a, a bit above my uh, you know pay grade at that point, um, and it, it has led to a new decision process in deciding whether to mint or buy secondary because when you mint you generate the art but you are rolling the dice it, it is gambling you know you can get you know a really rare piece or you could get a more common one that may not you know may not aesthetically please you um so i'm actually in the camp now where i'm choosing not to mint and, and buying and acting on secondary mm -hmm. um, to more carefully select a piece that that i like um so i i do intend to to buy into fragments here. I'll see how the, the secondary market plays out here um, the rest of this afternoon and later this week, but it's showing some upward momentum right now. So it, it might be one of those to, to act fast on. Uh, it looks like the, the four is certainly creeping up. With that, we have some other news to cover, but we're, we're approaching the hour mark. You know, I, I want to keep us under the 60 minutes. So in our next show, we'll, we'll do a deeper dive into Artblocks Playground and Artblocks Factory and cover some of that <clears throat> market action. Uh, but I want to leave some time for tools and tips. So Sky, if you want to take us through our tool of the day here. Yeah, I got two of them actually, now that I thought of it. Um, nice. I'm going to drop this in the YouTube um, chat right now is the list uh, or the link to the Twitter list um, that we've created and built out over the summer. Um, so for those that are primarily on Twitter quite a bit, if you pop over and follow this list, um, it has about 250 active um, NFT traders, uh, projects, different things that are across there. That's always kind of moving. I mean, the latest tweet we can see is that, um, you know, Barat just grabbed one of um, those art blocks curated pieces that just dropped. Um, so you can kind of keep an eye on a lot of things happening and potentially some of the stealth drops from that NFT uh, Twitter list right there. So anybody can follow that. Um, the next thing that I'd love to go through and we'll make it quickly here uh, is one thing that I am using every single day and we'll kind of screen share on your end, IC.tools. IC.tools is arguably the best onboarding tool, I think, in the game because it lays out what is happening across OpenSea at any given moment. 
right now we are on the trending page that you can see here. And if you look, there's different periods of time that you could click into and um, kind of view what is seeing the most volume, what has had the highest number of sales. So if you actually, you know, went in on the descending order and clicked sales, it would show you the number of sales over the, that time period you have clicked. So, you know, unicorns has 565 sales in the last two hours. Okay. Maybe we should check that out on open If you have a premium version of IC tools, you can really dig into the kind of movement of the floors volumes over specific times. Um, and it's just the perfect way to just understand the landscape by one one easy um, kind of view. If you went into one of their additional um, tabs, you would see the discover tab would be next there. And discover is all about the mints. So you can see right there, 1,023 art blocks were minted in the last hour, meaning that project was out of 1,024. All of them minted out, you know, right there in that out last hour, we have seen unicorns obviously be minted like crazy, picking up that secondary steam as well, over 4,800 of those just minted in the last hour. So kind of bopping between those two pages, as well as the Twitter list is what I'm doing most of the day, kind of seeing where the action is. If you are a premium subscriber of Icy, which right now it is 0.2 Ethereum to become one of them, you would also have the ability to look at that watched list where you could see some of those whale tails or stealth mode action. But again, you would have to be registered with them and you can um, follow these um, different wallets that are transacting the most or who you deem a whale or stealth mode types um, that we kind of look at. So IC.tools, I think is a, a phenomenal um, onboarding tool that I'm happy to, to talk through more um, for those that are getting into the space and kind of want a place to start. IC is great. I've been using the free version, but you know, I, I think you've, you've talked me into the pay version here, Sky. Um, but super useful tool for anyone new and wants to just get a quick view of you know, what's catching the most steam uh, in the market today. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, with that, I think let's go ahead and wrap up the show. We're at the hour mark. We, we went through our segments. Um, you know, everyone, thanks for listening in. We're going to continue to refine our format, our segments over time. Um, so certainly stay tuned. Feel free to provide us some feedback in the comments. We're on Twitter. Um, again, we'll be posting our some live content to our Twitter feed at live underscore NFTs. Uh, so give us a follow. Feel free to, to follow myself. Tyler did it. Skyhook uh, as well. Um, and I'm signing us up for something, Tyler. Okay. So I got some feedback right away on the YouTube channel. Um, okay. And I think one thing that we're going to work on together um, with your new free time here is maybe some onboarding and introductory videos that are kind of, you know, always staples on that YouTube, potentially not our live shows, but ones that we can reference to those that are getting on board, maybe going through some of these segments in a, you know, a forever reference uh, available on the YouTube network. So I think that's something we're going to challenge ourselves with to help continue onboarding some of these newcomers while maintaining where the market is currently, because it's a lot to handle all at once. We understand that, but um, I think this show can eventually be kind of that space where we have all different levels that we're talking through. I love the idea. Um, so we'll definitely work on more of those intro videos. Um, try to post them to the YouTube or, or on Twitter elsewhere. So folks have access to those, but that, that feedback makes total sense. Um, and certainly we know how daunting it is to, to join the space and try to figure this out on your own. So absolutely here to help. 
Um, but with that, Sky, always a pleasure. Until next time, we'll talk soon. <laughs>